Thanks for listening to Victory's podcast today. Connecting people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus is what we're all about. For more resources or to reach out to us, go to victorychristian.church. All right, are you ready for the Bible this morning? All right, I want to open up this morning. Sorry about my voice. Um, the, uh, I'm, I'm on the tail end of a cold, so if I don't hug you today, it's because I love you. Um, but I'm on the very end of my cold, and my voice is probably more distracting to me than to others. If you're listening to the podcast, it is actually me, Mike. Uh, so um, this is my raspy voice, uh, but praise God I have a voice. Um, but all right, I'm going I'm to give us that break one more time. Are you ready for the Bible? All right, let's open up this morning. Matthew 2, verse 1 says this. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Let's pray. God, we love you. And uh, today um, our hearts are open and hungry to meet with you. Lord, you are the guest of honor in this place. We worship and honor you. And we pray, Father, for everyone uh, listening today. Father, here online, podcasts, what, what have you, God. Lord, that our hearts would receive from your Holy Spirit right where we are. Thank you, Lord, that you know every individual. And God, you have something for each individual. I just pray for the empowerment, the leading of your spirit, God, to share what is in your heart. We love you, Jesus. We worship you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Last week, Elizabeth shared a great message about prepare him room. We even sang a song this week about preparing room and making room for the Lord, making room for Jesus in your life. And so she got our kind of Christmas series started last week. Um, you know, I, I love that concept of making room for Jesus. At Bethlehem Walk, the, the very last station is with Nicodemus. And one of Nicodemus's lines that he says to the crowd, it, it turns from a play, if you will, to kind of a serious conversation. And Nicodemus will say to the crowd of about 70 right there, he'll say, what will you do with this Jesus? Will you leave him in the manger as part of a nice seasonal story? Or will you make him the Lord of your heart? Will you make him the Lord of your life? And um, we're making room for Jesus in our lives this Christmas season. Amen? And um, so we're full on into the, 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 the Christmas series. And this week, I'm going to talk to you about a king is born. Next week, I'm going to share a message uh, entitled, When Christmas is Difficult. Um, we have prayed these, these kind of prayers about when Christmas is difficult and the different ups and downs and things that we walk through. And Lord, just put it on my heart to really like just address it from the word. And let's talk about some of those underlying things that can make Christmas difficult and uh, for individuals. And let's just see God move in our hearts and do good things. Amen. Um, and then the following week will be uh, the 24th, Sunday, the 24th, we'll have our regular 11 a.m. service. Um, we don't do an evening service that night. I have to be honest with you. We don't, the only reason we haven't done a Christmas Eve service over the years is there's so many great family things going on that, um, that it, what it would pull in resources. We just love people being able to be with their families. We probably should do it, but there's lots of churches who do do it, and um, we love you, and it's not that we're not spiritual. It's just we're going we're gonna to do it right on Sunday, amen? <laughs> so the beautiful thing about the Christmas story 
the story of Jesus' birth is that we can approach it from so many different directions and learn something um, in each different direction that we approach the story. In Matthew 2, verse 1, where I was reading, it says, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem during the time of King Herod. Would you say king? There was a king named Herod. Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who is born king of the Jews? Would you say king again? Y'all see the conflict here. We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod, one more time, King, King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. These, these magi stirred it up, didn't they? They came into town, these, these folks, and it really made a real impression to people. And they said they had this revelation that a king had been born, and they came to see this king that was born. And the magi were excited. King Herod was not excited. It was a threat to his power. And next week, we're going to get into more about what that meant for Jesus and his family. Um, the reality is that the Jews had been waiting for a king. Throughout their history, they had had ups and downs and ups and downs. They had had some good kings. They had had a lot of bad kings. And uh, the reality is when, when Israel would sin, they would go into captivity and bondage and they would be conquered by other nations like the Babylonians and the Persians. And right now uh, in our story, they are conquered by the Romans. And what would happen is they would cry out for deliverance and cry out for God to help them. And what they wanted was they wanted uh, victory and autonomy and they wanted a new king. And Jesus and the, was going to come, and he was going to be their king. They had this promise to hold on to. In Isaiah 9, verse 6, it says, For a king, or excuse me, for a child will be born to us. A son will be given to us. And the government will rest on his shoulders. And his name will be Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace, there will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and righteousness from then on and forevermore. Now the zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. They were waiting for a king. Not only were they waiting for a king, but they were promised a king that would reign forever. And I don't even think they had the faculty to really understand what that meant, but they knew that God had promised them a king. There will be no end to the increase of his government or his peace on the throne of David and over his, king, over his kingdom. They were waiting for a king, amen? Waiting for a Messiah, the Christ. When we hear the word Messiah or Christ as like, you know, 21st century Westerners, we often think when we hear Messiah or Christ, we probably think Savior because Jesus is our Savior, amen? And the word calls him a Savior. He is a Savior, but I, I want to dig into these, these words Messiah and Christ because what Messiah and Christ meant to them is not necessarily what we necessarily think of right offhand. And I, I'm going to do a little geeky uh, just, for, just for a moment, give you a little bit of Greek. I'm not real big on throwing a lot of Greek stuff out there, but I'm just going to send out one word, and, uh, and, but it's going to be meaningful for all of us. The Greek word Christos, or, or um, yeah, Christos, is translated both in, in the New Testament as Christ, and it's translated as Messiah. Christ 
is the transliteration or basically like making the word in English sound like it sounded in Greek. The transliteration of this Greek Christos is Christ, but the meaning of it is anointed one. Would you all say that with me? Anointed one. Now, Messiah is actually the transliteration of the Hebrew word uh, Messiah, uh, and, and it sounds like Messiah, right? Messiah. And what will happen in the New Testament is when this word Christos is used, sometimes they'll put Christ and sometimes they'll, they'll put Messiah, but it's the same root word in their, their language that they were speaking that day. Y'all follow me? So I'm saying that Christ and Messiah have the same meaning. One's a Greek version and one's a Hebrew version, both put in our language English, right? Christ and Messiah. The, the, the Hebrew one means anointed, right? So it's, it's really one and the same, anointed one or anointed. Um, there are only in the Old Testament three positions that would get anointed in the Old Testament. One was a king, one was a priest, and one was a prophet. And of course, Jesus was a king, a priest, and a prophet. Amen? But this promise of waiting for a Messiah, waiting for a Christ, waiting for the anointed one, specifically to them, meant a king. Every time they said the anointed one, they wanted a king. Why? They wanted a king to rule them. They wanted a king to be over them. They wanted a king to help bring deliverance to them. They were specifically asking for a king, and they were waiting for the promise of a king. Because that scripture that I said in, my, in Isaiah, that there would be a king who would reign on David's throne forever and ever. And who is that king? Oh, see, y'all got the Sunday school answer right there. Y'all crushed that. Y'all crushed that. I heard you online at home as well. Um, so when I said, I brought this to us because I want to jump into Matthew chapter 1 for a moment. And when we read it, every time you see Messiah, you're going to think the word what? King. Every time you, or anytime you see the word Christ uh, in Scripture, you're going to think the word what? King, because that's what anointed one is, right? So when we say Jesus Christ, we're saying what? Jesus King. Because he is the anointed one. Matthew 1.1 1, 1 says, This is the genealogy. The very first verse of Matthew. This is the genealogy of Jesus the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Going down to verse 18. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Now, when the first readers heard this, this is what they would have heard. This is the genealogy of Jesus the King, the son of David, the son of Abraham. They would have thought, anointed one, the King, Jesus the King. Or this is how the birth of Jesus the King came about. His mother Mary was pledged. So when they heard this Christ, they heard anointed one, they heard King, and more directly, they heard King Jesus. Are you with me this morning? Yet, for the Jewish follower of Jesus' day, there was a wait what kind of moment. There's a lot of those in scriptures, right? Where people are anticipating one thing and they're like, hold on, wait, what? This is different than what I thought with all of this Messiah talk. They were expecting uh, a king and the father was sending a king, amen? They got a king, but it was not the king they expected. Fast forward. We're going to fast forward all the way to John chapter 18, when after Jesus has been arrested, and Jesus is before Pilate, and he's about to go to the crucifixion. You with me? 
I didn't hear anything back. I heard you online. I didn't hear anything. Are you with me? All right. John 18 verse 33 says, Pilate went back inside the palace and he summoned Jesus and asked him, are you the king of the Jews? Is that your idea, Jesus asked? Or did others talk to you about me? (laughs) I love Jesus. Am I a Jew, Pilate answered? Your own people and chief priest handed you over to me. What is it that you have done? Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight and prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. You are a king then, said Pilate. Jesus answered, you say that I'm a king. And in fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listened to me. This is that wait what revelation that his kingdom is not of this world. His kingdom is greater than any kingdom on earth. His kingdom supersedes any kingdom on earth. His kingdom is above every kingdom on earth. Every other kingdom falls underneath the kingdom of God. His kingdom is greater. His kingdom is eternal. His kingdom is the true superpower. Jesus is the king of his kingdom, the kingdom of God. This is the one that we serve. This is the one that we follow. This is the one that we worship this King Jesus. You know, um, I, have, I have dual citizenship. I don't know if any, I think some of y'all probably have some dual citizenship, maybe not even know it. I've got my, I got my American passport here. And I tell you what, that passport is really powerful in the world. It's amazing the places that you can go and it's amazing the safety some, in, so there are, there's one nation that I've been to that the nation actually will, will, will give um, military soldiers to watch over Americans when they're in the country just to keep Americans safe because they don't want anything bad in the news, right? Like, it's a, it's a really powerful thing to, to have that passport and to have that kind of citizenship, right? And there's a lot of people in the world who wish they had that citizenship, right? And I honor and I respect it. But you know, I have another citizenship. And that passport is the Holy Spirit inside of me. Because when you get born again, when you receive Jesus in your, in, in your life, you, you receive the spirit of sonship. You become a child of the living God. And his Holy Spirit is in you. This guarantee of an inheritance yet to come. And this kind of imprint in your life, the Holy Spirit being in your life that says, yes, I belong to a heavenly kingdom. I belong to the kingdom of God. I have a citizenship in heaven. This passport, I respect it and I really appreciate it. But the value of this passport, if you're listening online, the Holy Spirit in me, the value of that passport is so much greater and so eternal because every passport on this planet will fade. No disrespect, but they're all going to fade, are they not? 
They're all going to pass by. No one is going to walk up to the heavenly gates and go, oh, well, you know, I've got a UK passport right here. Can I get in? Well, actually, no, it's the name of Jesus that's going to bring you into this place, right? And there's that eternalness. And I'm just going to take just a moment of a station break here. And I, I just want to just say, you know, we're about to go into an election season. And I just encourage us all, you know, people have different views and different thoughts and all that kind of stuff. Um, and, you know, things get really ugly. And regardless of your view and all that kind of stuff, remember to carry yourself as a citizen of heaven in the midst of all that's going on. Let's not lose our dignity. Let's not lose our honor, our civility in the midst of it. Even if you, no matter how your, our passion or your passion is not an excuse for being unchristian. Amen? And things are going to be, I, I get grieved through the process. Because everything is about enemies. And I'm not disrespecting folks who have passionate opinions and about things and, and things that they want to do. I'm not trying to disrespect that. But I think we just got to remember this citizenship. And that we represent that citizenship before we represent this citizenship. And that it's really, really important because people are watching. Amen? That's my station break. So this, this concept of our citizenship, and who we are in Christ, and who our king is, and how much greater. I feel, I feel like words don't, I feel like I can't get the words enough to describe how great this kingdom is. I feel like, I feel like my words fall short of the greatness of his kingdom. And here's the thing, it's the kingdom that we don't see with our eye, but that we perceive in the realm of the spirit. You follow me? And so it's also the, the kingdom that it's just easy for us to, to forget the value in this and also the, the, to really appreciate the fact that we have this citizenship and how great it is to be in part of the family of God. And the reality is we have a mission to reach more because God is accepting more people into the family. He's receiving people into the citizenship in heaven. So what does it inspire in us? I think one thing it should inspire in us is worship of the one true God, right? Just inspire a worship for our king and who he is, who's reigning on his throne. I think it should inspire in us a humility that we could be part of such a great kingdom. I don't know about you, but I don't deserve it. Am I in the right crowd? I don't deserve to be part of such a great kingdom. And yet because of his love, I have the privilege and the honor, and I find that humbling. I also think that because I am part of this kingdom, it, there's just such a great personal honor to be a part of it. You know, I, I think about, you know, when our, our military wears like their dress blues and those kind of things. It just brings such a distinction and an honor, right, to who they are and what they're doing, the, the higher purpose that they're serving in a nation. And when I kind of translate that into the kingdom of God, I think in our mind's eye, sometimes we need to remember our dress blues, right? And we need to remember that it is such a, a, a personal honor to be part of this kingdom. You know what it says in Ephesians 2 verse 6, it says, and God raised us up. Would you say us up? That's you and me. God raised us up with Christ to be to, and seated us with him in heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. It's like, it's like drop the mic, right? I mean, we are seated with Christ in heavenly realms. Like to even perceive that and understand that in the realm of the spirit. What an honor to be seated with him. Don't worry, buddy. I'll preach better. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, responsibility. It's just feedback. It's what some of people are thinking. I get it. I get it. I receive it. I receive feedback. Um, I think being part of this kingdom should also instill in us a great responsibility, right? Matthew 6 verse 9 said, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom what? Your kingdom come. Your will be what? Done. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The reality is we have this amazing honor and privilege and even a responsibility to say, God, your kingdom and its principles and its impact, may it have an expression through my life. May when I am in the room and when I am serving my brother and sister around me and the community around me, let there be an expression of the kingdom around me. An expression of the kingdom like when somebody says I'm sick and I go, hey, can I pray for you that you get a touch from heaven and that Jesus touches your body? Hey, I'm depressed and going through it. Can I just be a listening ear for you right now and just say, hey, I know that God cares for you. The reality is those things are expressions of a kingdom in heaven here on earth, and we are the Jesus with flesh on, if you will, right? We are the Jesus they get to see in the flesh as far as his expression in the earth and the kingdom of the earth. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And it recognizes that there are things on this earth that are not his will, right? And there are things in heaven we want released and see touching people's lives. But I have the responsibility with my citizenship in heaven to be that expression in the earth. Man, this citizenship that we have, this citizenship we have is because we have an amazing king. He is the king of all kings. He is the Lord of all lords. He will rule on his throne forever and ever and ever. The increase of his government and his peace will know no end and I see that around the world where more missionaries and more people are being raised up. And we are that expression of that mission when we share Jesus with others. Jesus is unlike any king, any president, or any prime minister on earth. You know, earthly presidents and prime ministers, they come and go. They're voted in and they're voted out. They're temporary. They're imperfect. Their influence is, is over much smaller kingdoms than the kingdom of God. They have character flaws, right? Some, some of them are just downright evil, <laughs> you know? And then earthly kings are temporary as well. They're typically born into it, and they die, and they're no, no longer in it. They're imperfect, and their influence is much smaller kingdoms as well. But Jesus is the king forever and ever and ever. Amen. Jesus is a good king, a perfect king, the greatest king. He's the king who laid down his life for us, was raised from the dead in power, and is seated in heaven. He is a good and a powerful king. He is my king. Is he your king? Come on, he is my king. There will be never be, there will, there will be no end to the increase of his government and of his peace. That's the side that you are on. Even when you're up against it, even when life is, is against you, even when, like next week's message, when Christmas is hard or, or it's difficult, right? There is no end to the increase of his government and his rule. And he wins. I read the end of the book. He wins. So this Christmas, I want to invite you to celebrate that a king is born.
And I want to invite you, when you're reading in Scripture this Christmas, and you say Christ, or you see Messiah, what word are you going to think of? King. Because that's what the anointed one is. King. You see, they were waiting for a king. And see, in our concept, because of kind of where we live and things like that, we don't always think in terms of king because we don't even have an earthly king, right? We have people we vote in and vote out and, you know, our heroes, and then we, we, we crush them and all of that, right? Like we, but that's earthly. But we have a king. You know what they call the king? They call him the sovereign, powerful over everything. That is, that is our king. This Christmas, let's worship the fact, our king because a king has been born. This Christmas, let's remember our kingdom citizenship. How do we know we have that kingdom citizenship? Because of the Holy Spirit in us. Because we've been born again. Because we have said, Jesus, I turn my life over to you. Jesus, I, I don't want to be my own king anymore. I don't want to serve sin. And I don't want to serve idols of this world. I don't want to serve myself. I don't want to serve false ideals. I want to serve the person of Jesus Christ. I want to serve our God and our king. I want to turn my life and my allegiance over to the king. When you make that decision in your life, that is when you receive the Holy Spirit in your life and are born again. And if you've never made that decision, it's a heart thing and a spoken thing. You believe in your heart and you confess in your mouth who Jesus is. You invite him in your life and you say, God, I want to turn away from sin. I know that I can't turn away from sin in my own power and my own authority, but I know that I can receive your spirit that, gives, that breaks the power of sin in my life. I'm ready to preach about two more messages right there. I do want to invite you today, though, um, if you haven't made that decision, or maybe you've made that decision and you've walked away from it. Like, you know you received the Lord in your life. And maybe it's just been a long time. And you realize, I, I need to give my heart back to the King. He'll receive you today. If that thought, sometimes we go, but maybe I'm too far gone. Maybe I, no, no, no. If that thought is in your mind, he receives you today. Just run to him and cry out to him. And, you know, if you're making a decision like that today, if you're here in the room, I really want you to come and let me pray with you today. Uh, be my privilege because he loves you. He gave his life for you. And if you don't, haven't already received his spirit in, his, in your life, he is ready to give you his Holy Spirit and bring that born-again sense in your life. If you're watching online or listening to a podcast, you're like, I need to do something, would you go to the website, victorychristian.church. That's victorychristian.church. And just click on Next Steps. Uh, that'll shoot us an email when you fill it out, and we will reach out to you within a day. I mean, we're we're going to... Um, that's there so that we can, we can reach right back out to you. This Christmas, let's usher in the will of heaven here on earth. Let's be instruments and expressions of this kingdom that we already live in. There's just these moments where you and I can put on our dress blues and where we can say, this isn't about me. These dress blues are about what represents my king, my king and my kingdom in heaven. This act of kindness, this act of encouragement, this act of, 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 of listening, this act of prayer, this act, this is me putting on my dress blues and representing a king who is greater than I. And what's great is when I pray, the king works. The king and his kingdom. 
And let's, let's spread the good news that a king has been born. A savior has been born. You see, the message that there is a new king is still the message today. Because it's a king who will receive you into, into his kingdom, right? And there are a lot of people around us, they need a new king. They need this king that was born. It's funny because when we read, we should read Savior all through Scripture. And it says Savior all through Scripture, amen? And we lean Savior, and I'm all about Savior. But I wanted to bring this, this, this sense of emphasis today that a king has been born. There is a king and an authority that is born who is much more our identity than anything on this earth. And that should create something in our hearts about our king and his kingdom. Would you stand with me this morning? I want to pray with you and pray, God, give us that expression. Show us those moments when it's time to put our dress blues on. Show us those moments when we can be your expression. Let's just uh, as I'm praying, I'm just going to invite the prayer team folks to come up front. Father God, we come before you. We thank you for your one and only son. We thank you that a king has been born. We thank you, Lord, that we stand on the side of history where we have seen, Lord Jesus, the story of a king who has come in a humble manger, has lived his life, has laid down his life, has been resurrected and is King of kings and Lord of lords and will never be dethroned. God, it is our honor to serve and to worship you. And today, Lord, we confess that you have authority over our lives. You are our king. You are our sovereign. And Lord, we are proud to serve you and honored to represent your kingdom on this earth. Lord, thank you for giving us an identity that is greater than we could have ever earned or accomplished. It is our privilege to honor and to serve you. So Lord, let the expression of the kingdom come through us. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, we will give you all honor and we will give you all glory. And God, we pray for those today who may be far from you, and Lord, we know that your word says that your desire is that all would be saved, that all would know what it is to have this life in you. And God, we're not twisting arms today. We're not forcing because, Lord, we believe in your Holy Spirit, the way you draw our hearts to yourself. And we just say, God, we have the courage to repent. We have the courage to say, I'm getting it wrong. And we have the courage to say, God, we will follow you our King and our Lord, our Savior, our friend, Lord Jesus, you are our hero today. We love you and we worship you in this place. Jesus Christ, Jesus, our King, we love you today. It's in your mighty name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to connect with us or if you'd like to know how you can give, go to victorychristian.church.